Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You thought the chaos was over? Nah. It's even more chaotic. Let's get the show started, y'all. to another installment of this podcast we call Chaotic Sports. My name is Patrick Brown, your content creator and host for tonight. A lot to get into in the world of sports, and I mean a lot. There's been a lot of a lot of chaotic nightmares this week, so let's go ahead and run down our show format for tonight. The Buffalo Bills win a statement game in Baltimore and what was a little sloppy at the end, but I think I understand why it was the way that it was. Uh, we've got uh, the Cowboys command a win over Washington, and I've got some thoughts about those black uniforms that the Commanders wore. Stay tuned for that. Kansas City gets back to business in Tampa Bay this past Sunday night. Uh, 
the Buccaneers, wow. I, I honestly thought they had really good defense, but I guess not. We're we're gonna see if they can right the ship in the uh, in the right direction. The San Francisco 49ers bury the Rams on Monday night football. Are the Rams going through a Super Bowl slump right now? Or was the Niners just a better team in general? Who are the Indianapolis Colts? Who are they? I think I may have an answer for this team as this season has been crazy for them. Uh, Nathaniel Caden Hackett in Denver. I would tell you why and why the uh, the Broncos should go ahead and cut bait with Nathaniel Hackett now versus later. We got an NBA topic tonight. I'm going to defend the Golden State Warriors as an adopted Lakers fan. I only feel that it's important that I get what I need off to say off my chest because this team has been slander for the last several weeks. Touch briefly on the Draymond Green situation as well. And, of course, the nightmarish NFL athlete who seemingly can't stay out of the news, Antonio Brown. And, on top of that, I'll give you my... uh, I've got a new segment I'm introducing tonight as well. Stay tuned. And we've got the picks of the week. And the upset of the week. But first, I have an announcement to make. As you all know, the Chaotic Sports Podcast is part of the Grid Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribed and tapped in on YouTube and on your podcasting platform where you can find my show along with our other great content creators on the Grid as well. I have merchandise that is available for you to purchase. Swing over to the Grid webpage and you'll see the Chaotic Collection with my podcast logo on it. We've got t-shirts, hoodies. If you like to cook, there's aprons. There's this a, it's a catalog for podcast fans. And with my logo on it, I greatly appreciate your support in advance and uh, purchasing the, the merchandise. It means a lot to me. So you get a, a free... Uh, moment swing over to the grid and hook yourself up with some merch and make sure that you screenshot and post it on your your social media accounts so i can see it and i'll give you some love back for showing love for me now that we got that out the way let's get into some sports shall we Alrighty, first segment of the night baltimore basically Lost the lead to the Buffalo Bills in the in the second half. What is it about this Baltimore Ravens team that builds leads but they can't close games when they need to? I know that there's a lot of talk surrounding the the goal the decision to go for it inside the the one yard line with you know min, a few minutes uh, remaining and it gave Buffalo enough time to drive down the field for a game winning field goal. Now, in that particular situation, I would have took the field goal, in all honesty. You've got Lamar, who's basically your entire offense, don't have much of a run game, and your defense is just gets slaughtered every week. I, I don't know. This is not the Baltimore Ravens I'm used to seeing, 
But man, for Buffalo to have a bounce back game after letting one get away in Miami the week before showed me a lot about the character of this team. They too are still missing some players on the defensive side of the ball. As long as you got Josh Allen and, and uh, Stephon Diggs. And I, I like the running back room that they got with Singletary and Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox. But man, Baltimore, y'all, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Terrell Suggs, they have to be disappointed in this Ravens team because this is not the culture that they built and what they what the Ravens are known for. But at the end of the day, Buffalo got a, a statement win on the road in some messy conditions. I think it was raining, if I'm not mistaken. I, I had the Baltimore Ravens winning last week in, with a Justin Tucker walk-off, but it's, it's the NFL, y'all. Every week presents more chaos to break down. Josh Shalvin, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the best young quarterbacks that we have right now, top two. You can say Mahomes is number one, Josh Allen is number two. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on that because both guys are clearly separating themselves from the other quarterbacks in the AFC. But Buffalo is, they've, I believe that when you win games like that in the trenches, it sets you up for postseason success. And they're going to need those kind of gritty games in order to get to the Super Bowl if that's the destination they're trying to go. I love what Sean McDermott's done in the tenure that he's been there. And Josh Allen has gotten better every year since he's been the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Stephon Diggs, one of the top three receivers in football. You know how I feel about Stephon. Um, Buffalo's defense, you know, the addition of Von Miller has been an impact for them, even though they're without uh, Micah Hyde, who was on the, who get, ended up on uh, IR with a neck injury. Tredavious White still out rehabbing a, his his uh, torn ACL from the season before. This Buffalo Bills team is staying the course right now, and they're going to have to win those games and then some because as the season gets into late October, early November, into the month of December, these kind of games are, are statement and character uh, games for, for them in general. As far as Baltimore, Lamar's the only offense they got, ladies and gentlemen. They don't have much of a run game. They barely got a receiving core. And their secondary, well, man, it's, it's, it's horrible. I, I really don't know what to say because this is not a Baltimore Ravens you know organization team that I'm used to seeing you know just get carved up like that shout out to uh Bryson Carver from the Carving Up podcast using uh the lingo of carving up the Ravens defense because that's what teams have been able to do that's the weakest link in Baltimore right now it's their secondary they can't get to the quarterback because that's you got to get to the quarterback in order to put your back in in position to get in position to make plays. And that hasn't been able to uh, fulfill itself at the moment. At this rate that Lamar Jackson is playing, the price is only going up, ladies and gentlemen. The Baltimore Ravens are going to find out that today's prices are not, or yet today's prices are not yesterday, yesterday's prices. 
and and for whatever reason, that fifty million they they should have paid him is going to turn into sixty million, if not sixty five million. I'm just saying that's just a rough ballpark estimate as far as the way that the the uh, TV deal is set up and the everything else that's in place. The the salary cap only goes up every year, and Baltimore's eventually going to, have to spend money to you know build a team around Lamar. Now they gave Joe Flacco that big contract a few years ago and they never got back to the Super Bowl. But they have to go all in on Lamar Jackson. Make it fully guaranteed. Can you tell me right now what quarterback in the draft in next year's draft is NFL ready? I have my doubts on some of the players. I'm not much of a of a guy who uh, studies college football that much, but I love watching it. But the quarterback play is hit and miss in, in the NCAA. You got your skill positional players like your running backs, your wide receivers, and the defensive side of the ball because that's mainly what teams are looking for in the drafts. You know, may have a, a offensive alignment here and there, but for me, I don't see any prospects in the next year's draft that you know kind of make me say "Wow!" Because you could win the Heisman and all that, but when you get to the NFL, none of that's going to matter, as far as I'm concerned. But we know what Lamar is about. The Ravens are just shooting themselves in the foot every game that he plays sensational and then your defense can't hold a lead or get stops like they're supposed to. It's very discouraging and in the in that division in the AFC North it, we already know that that is like a UFC division if those who watch UFC and combat sports the AFC North is is brutal and you've got to have a quarterback that can go toe-to-toe with his uh, contemporaries in that division, along with the AFC. So for me, Baltimore, y'all got your adjustments start on the defensive side of the ball. That's where it needs to start. Whatever you need to do, it needs to be accomplished. I hope Lamar can get his money next spring because if the franchise tag is going to be a little over $50 million and he plays on that franchise tag, and something happens, it lowers his value. But I applaud Lamar for betting on himself and proving the Ravens wrong at this point. I'm all for players getting their money while they can. Like I said last week, the Tua situation is a stark reminder for all organizations on how you treat your players regardless of what position they are, because there's players in this league who we love and adore, and those are the ones who need to be getting paid, but we're paying middle-tier players the money that we could be playing, paying star players. You see what I'm saying? You see the, the, the narrative and parallel I'm going with here? Lamar Jackson won the unanimous MVP in 2019. He won a playoff game in 2020. He went. He got hurt last year. The Ravens ended up missing the playoffs because they didn't win a single game after Lamar Jackson went down. That's how valuable he is to this team. If you want to go out and sign a a middle-tier quarterback to to hold the right to ship, go for it. But you know your your team goes as Lamar goes, plain and simple. Lamar Jackson is the Baltimore Ravens offense because there's not much of a defense. John Harbaugh, as good of a coach as he is, it's like, man, th- this is 
this is like almost unwatchable at times because you build these big leads and then the defense can't get a stop on on that side of the ball. They're getting carved up in the secondary. They're getting gashed in the run. It's it's like, wow, Lamar can only do so much, but your defense has got to help him out, help this team out in general. Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers in football, would have made that kick last week if you just put the ball in his hands or put the put it on his foot. You're playing for overtime. If you can, if you can get a, a stop against Buffalo, a crucial stop, you've got you win that game. Seriously. But the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, is your only hope. And if you can only hope and pray that he doesn't get hurt. Because if he gets hurt, we're going to see what we've seen the last year or so. But since going back to last year, he gets hurt, the Ravens fall apart. They crumble. It's History cannot repeat itself, Baltimore. So do right by your quarterback. Buffalo, great job last week. Hopefully you can build off last week and go into tomorrow with your game against Pittsburgh and show out. Moving on to... My Dallas Cowboys, who commanded a win over Washington last week. It was the first time that the Cowboys had hosted the Washington Commanders, formerly known as the Washington football team. And I was shocked. I was literally shocked that Carson Wentz was not sacked multiple times last week. They only allowed two sacks, if I'm not mistaken. So... Washington understood the assignment of slowing down the Dallas Cowboys pass rush. But it doesn't take away the fact that Carson Wentz is still your quarterback. Think about that. He loves throwing to Trayvon Diggs. That's his favorite receiver. Anytime Carson Wentz has been matched up against Dallas, regardless if he was in Philly and now with Washington, Trayvon Diggs finds the ball. That's, I'm like, man, Trayvon is, is, should be he's a he played receiver in high school, but he made the transition to corner and technically he still learned the position. But man, Trayvon has taken the next step into becoming an elite corner in this league. After he was ridiculed for leading the league in interceptions last year and giving up over a thousand yards, he went back and watched every big play that was thrown in his direction that resulted in touchdowns or or chunk plays that gave up a lot of yards. That's motivation in itself, ladies and gentlemen. And I applaud Trayvon for doing all that he needed to do to make sure that he understood his mistakes and flaws and he's correcting them and it's been it's paying off this year. Our offense look look pretty good. Um Cooper Rush, keep doing your thing. Uh hopefully you can do do us a favor tomorrow and, and win win tomorrow's game in, in LA which I'll make my prediction on that game near the end of the show. But I was to beat the Washington Commanders for the first time in, in franchise history. That that's that's big. And to the Washington fans, that little hype song that was trending on Twitter and just retire. We want Dallas for a change. You you don't want to play us as every time you play us, we end up embarrassing you. That was the I don't know. Washington fans, that... (laughs) 
uh, we want Dallas. Yeah, the whole crowd was saying that. And whenever we show up, we still embarrass you. Um, as far as those black uniforms, ladies and gentlemen, there's certain teams in NFL that look good with black uniforms. The Washington Commanders do not look good in those black uniforms. I'm sorry. Wait, no, I'm not sorry. Black and yellow. It looked like a, a case of black uh, glad trash bags running around on the field Sunday. I kid you not. It looked like glad trash bags. I, I was like, are those, those are, those are the black jerseys. And whenever they uh, revealed them on social media, oh, they're wearing all black for the, for the Cowboys game. Yep, all black for their funeral, because that's what it's going to be. Sure enough, it, it was a funeral. I mean, Carson Wentz is your quarterback. Uh, your defense is, is decent, but it's not great. And C.D. Lamb was able to split the defense in that beautiful throw by Cooper Rush to start the fourth quarter. That was a be- that was the thing of beauty to watch. C.D. from uh, Cooper Rush in the slot, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful thrown ball. I still believe that this defense is is due for a big game against the Rams tomorrow in SoFi Stadium. Micah hasn't had a sack in two weeks. The Lion is hungry. He's ready to eat. And this defense going into tomorrow's game against the LA Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs, what are the Cowboys good at right now? Getting after the quarterback and pressures and we lead the league in sacks i i'll make my prediction for that game at the end of the show and to washington don't ever wear those uniforms ever again don't wear them just don't just burn them i'm sorry as the hall of famer kevin garnett once said to Craig, the late great craig sager about a uniform or a suit that he wore Put it in that, take one of those jerseys, put it in a glad trash bag. Wait, you do have the glad trash bag and burn it. We don't want to see those jerseys ever again. I don't care what your fan base thinks. Those were hideous. Because when you wear black and yellow, and it's not the Steelers color that I'm used to seeing, it looks like you have uh, yellow flags in, on your attire. That's what it looks like to me. Because the typical fan who's not used to seeing them in a... In a black uniform of that magnitude, don't wear them again. I hope I don't see those uniforms the rest of the season. Because if not, I will come back on my show and call them out again. Because I'm a Cowboys fan. And you you want Dallas? We're a nightmare to y'all from here on out. Go Cowboys. Moving on. Moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs. Got back in the winner's circle. Sunday night with that blowout win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a rematch of the Super Bowl from two years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, what happened to this Tampa Bay defense? Seriously. This defense had been playing fairly well through the first three weeks, and then they they let Tampa Bay, uh, Kansas City come in and run them off the field. From start to finish, from the time that they turned the ball over on the kickoff to the very end, the Buccaneers never got no closer than one touchdown. They get it to one touchdown, the Chiefs will go out and respond. 
ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Mahomes' magic is a human cheat code. I mean, it's 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 beautiful. It, in a way, it's it's a beautiful football. And a lot of media pundits have said that you know he doesn't have great footwork and whatnot, but what he does, it, it looks easy. It's child's play to him. It's it's he just toys with defenses because if he gets into a rhythm and he starts you know slinging it and side arming it, side arming it. You're going to have a difficult time slowing down Mahomes. That's just a fact. The Chiefs' offensive line just held him up right all night long. Andy Reid, one of the best offensive minds we have in football right now. Eric Bieniemy and Mahomes' magic. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing else needs to be said about this AFC West. I've seen enough of this division, and the Chiefs are clearly the favorites again to once win this division because what we considered a division that was going to be filled with fireworks has been duds kansas city is at the top they're the cream of the crop and the other team just holding them up is just holding them up right now if truth be told the la chargers may be the second best team in that division even with the injuries that they have right now they may just be the second best team in spite of Brandon Staley, who sometimes gets head over heels and forgets how to call plays. I'll discuss Nathaniel Hackett here in a little bit, and along with Josh McDaniels, the, the, the head coach for the Raiders in my picks of the week. But man, Tom Brady had to literally throw this Tampa Bay offense back into the game. If it wasn't for Mike Evans, the, the the Buccaneers would have probably been scoreless, if truth be told, because Leonard Fournette's running the football, but there's just some games where Tom Brady looks ever bit 45 years old. That's not a knock on him, but this offensive line, I, I thought Dallas's offensive line was going to be bad once Tyron Smith went out. But man, this, this Buccaneers offensive line just... It, it's bad. It's I won't say it's bad as in Cincinnati bad, but that Chiefs front was just in Brady's face all night long. Even though he threw, you know, for three over three hundred yards and you know a three I think it was yeah, three touchdown passes I think those were all empty calorie stats. And as great as he is, it. It, it just takes away that the, the defense just got gashed. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. And Mahomes was just having his way with that Buccaneers defense. And I know that when Kansas City had to go back and watch film leading into this game, they probably went back and watched every snap that they messed up on the offensive line against Tampa Bay. That was motivation in itself. Not only that, beating themselves in the Colts game the week prior before the Sunday night matchup with the Buccaneers. They redeemed themselves. They got back to their winning ways. We know who the Chiefs are. We know what they're about. And nothing else needs to be said about Chiefs Kingdom. Moving on. Moving on. We've got two NFC teams who clearly do not like one another. They're division rivals. 
the San Francisco 49ers embarrassed the LA Rams on Monday Night Football this past week. I'm starting to buy stock in San Francisco. I like the skill position players that they have. Debo Samuels, one of the most explosive dynamic playmakers I've seen in a while. You've got a great offensive line. You've got, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Shanahan is it puts on a master class against the Rams. That makes, I believe, seven out of the last eight games he's played against Sean McVay and won. The only loss was in the NFC Championship game this past uh, winter in the in SoFi Stadium. Ladies and gentlemen, the 49ers defense is probably the best defense in football right now. I'm not even going to lie. I, I can't get around it. Joy, uh, Nick Bosa, stud. D. Ford, pretty good defensive tackle. Fred Warner, one of the best linebackers at his position. And this secondary, which everyone thought was going to be the weakest link, it's actually a little bit better. Because the Rams, in all honesty, Matthew Stafford's starting to look like Matthew Stafford from Detroit. You can take a quarterback out of Detroit, but you can't take the Detroit out of the quarterback. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He was looking for Cooper Cup all night long. It's Cooper Cup or bust. Because Allen Robinson... That that siding looks pretty bad right now because he's yet to have an impact game. As soon as they traded Robert Woods and signed Allen Robinson, I immediately said that's a bad trade for the Rams because you don't have a an, a one B receiver in Robert Woods that can take some of the pressure off of Cooper Cup. Everybody's saying they should sign Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know. I I honestly don't know what OBJ is going to do. What I do believe is this Rams offensive line is bad and they can be defeated and it's been proven. Just keep number 99 Aaron Donald from wrecking havoc in your backfield and take sh- and throw in the direction of Jalen Ramsey because Jalen Ramsey had so many missed tackles Monday night along with that team. That little play that they drew up for Debo, which he took it to the house. Wow. I haven't seen that many missed tackles since my Cowboys and the Bears in 2019, which my Cowboys gave up well over 90 tackles that were missed. That was a pretty bad showing by the by the Rams. The only tackle they had that they made all night is when they tat when Bobby Wagner tackled the fan that decided to run onto the field for his 30 seconds of shame. The only tackle made through the whole night. While up on this particular uh, matter, NFL fans, don't run onto a field. Don't do stuff like that. Don't don't make yourself look like an idiot and a clown at the same time because you want to be seen. It's not the time or place for that. 
and the fan <laughs> the fan that he pressed charges against Bobby Wagner. Really? You're the one who ran out onto the field. Security wasn't going to be able to catch you. They were on your heels. But I don't blame Bobby Wagner for tackling the fan and giving the uh, secure, field security a hand. You made a decision to run onto the field to be seen on national television. Now you're going to probably face even more humiliation in this whole uh, lawsuit that you're trying to file. Because I, I, I don't think he's going to win that, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't. I understand the due process and all that, but my God. You're an idiot. You almost made the segment I'm going to introduce at the end of the show. But I'll save that for the biggest clown of the ball at the at the end of at the end of when at the end of the show, whenever we get there. Only thing that worries me about the 49ers, and it's been well known as you know, general football consumers. Jimmy Garoppolo is the one player that can mess something up. The one quarterback. You've got Kyle Shanahan as your head coach and play caller. You've got a good defense, which is being anchored by Nick Bosa. You've got Debo Samuel. You've got a pretty good run game. you got George Kittle. What more needs to be said, Jimmy G? You cannot mess this up moving forward. You have to Put the ball in your skill positions, players' hands. Debo Samuel, ladies and gentlemen, is that dude. Whenever he the ball gets in his hands, it, it I just expect a highlight reel, and that's exactly what he did, carving up that that Rams god awful defense. Their Super Bowl hangover is real. I I believe that. Anytime a team wins the Super Bowl the season before, there's a lot of expectation to repeat. The Rams are hot one week, lukewarm the next, and then they go completely ice cold like they did Monday night against the 49ers in Santa Clara. The Rams, to me, right now, we're going to find out a lot about them against the Cowboys, my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Whenever I make my picks of the week. I sometimes wonder. If Matt Stafford. Is. A phenomenal quarterback. Or is he steady quarterback. And then we see flashes of. Detroit. Matt Stafford. And. It's Cooper Cup. Or bust for them. Cooper Cup is. The reliable security blanket. Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson. Can't hold on to the football. The defense is looking. And uh, they look stranded on an island. And it's it's an appetite for disaster. But if there's one thing we do know. On a week to week Sunday. It's any given. Any team can show up to play. Regardless if you're a heavy favorite. Or an underdog. But still. It's the NFL. They're professional athletes, and they still have to go out and entertain us for, you know, two and a half, for three and a half hours, and notion that nobody gets hurt. Because these concussions that's been happening, it just seems like since Tua got hurt, it seems like every Thursday night game there's been a concussion. I don't know that this is trending. I don't know why this trend is going in that direction, 
but it's starting to get a little worse. And, and Amazon, yeah, they should just give us gift cards for these these pitiful games that that's on Thursday night. I I can't make this up. As a multi billion dollar company, Amazon is. They should just give all the NFL fans gift cards as and then as a reward for you know we're sorry for this display of football that we've seen every week, with the exception of the Chargers and the Chiefs game, which was entertaining for the most part. But since the Cincinnati Miami game, it's like a dark cloud hangs over Thursday night football, and I believe there was a Colts player who got concussed uh, Thursday night. Uh, the running back. Uh, Hines, Naheem Hines went out with a concussion. I don't know. Is I think they should just do away with Thursday night football to protect the league and player safety. In all honesty, that's how I feel about it. It's not worth risking the players' health. It's not. You can do away with the Sunday night or not Sunday night, but the Thursday night football game. I would love to see it play on Saturdays, but this is college football season, and I want to see. Some rivalry games. I want to see some good college football, which we had to display today. I'll recap some of those games near the end. But the Rams are still owned by their division rival, San Francisco. Prove me wrong until the Rams can beat them in a regular season game. When it matters to a degree for division bragging rights. But... The Niners are clearly one of the best teams in NFC and not the Rams. Moving on, the home state team, the Indianapolis Colts. Ladies and gentlemen, who are the Colts? What is their identity? Is Matt Ryan's age finally being shown? They don't have much of a... A passing game with you know Michael Pittman Jr. is nice, but they really wholeheartedly need that number one receiver to help this offense. Two players I have in mind: DJ Moore in Carolina or Kenny Galladay in New York. Those are two receivers that come to my mind right now. You give Matt Ryan one of those receivers. The Colts can move the ball down the field. They can. They they've got a pretty decent offensive line, but the the skill positional players is it's it's not working. You need that guy. You need that number one receiver. I said this a few weeks ago, and I said it on my social media accounts. If you don't have that number one receiver, that one A, that alpha dog, that alpha male on your receiving core, you don't have nothing. I've been proven right. I, I've seen this before with my Dallas Cowboys a few years ago. It only works when you have quarterbacks uh, such as a Tom Brady that can take practice squad and second and third string guys and make them household names. It's the system that they're in, that they play in. Tom Brady is an all-time great player. He's the only one outside of Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning on those caliber quarterbacks that have made it work. The Indianapolis Colts, they draft really well. Chris Ballard has done a phenomenal job. But man, you've got to invest in your receiving room. You have to. Matt Ryan looks ever bit of his age right now. 
and he just seems out of sorts sometimes. It, I don't know if it's just you know, like I said, a new, a new, a new place with a new start and a new uh, offensive playbook. But this defense, credit to this defense, because that game with them uh, Sunday, uh, Thursday night at Denver, once again, bad display of offensive football. The the Colts, Stephon Gilmore still has some athleticism left in him. And I'll explain that in the next segment with the Denver Broncos. The Colts, I I, I, I want to cut bait with y'all to this extent. Can you win a big game against a superior AFC opponent right now? For the last two years and counting, all I've heard is they're a quarterback away from being in the Super Bowl. You won 11 games with Phillip Rivers in 2020. You won eight games last year, if I'm not mistaken, eight or nine games with Carson Wentz as your starting quarterback. You've got Matt Ryan. You're in a division that you could clearly win, but I, I'm starting to doubt that right now because Jacksonville is clearly the best team in that division as we speak. Tennessee, a long distance second. The Colts, and then the Texans. Jacksonville was going to be vastly improved with the hire of Doug Peterson as their head coach. Trevor Lawrence is looking pretty good right now in his second year. They've got a pretty good defense. They've got a good offensive skill players that they that they just that you know the running back and the wide receiver the Jacksonville Jaguars are a playoff caliber team right now and I believe they can win that division they just have to take care of Tennessee that's their only team that they need to worry about because they own the Colts they'll likely beat the Texans and then they'll get one win against the Titans it'll either be at home or in Tennessee, whichever comes first. But Indianapolis, what's your season going to amount to this year? That one tie is going to come back and bite you in the rear one way or another when we get to this playoff push in the next six to eight weeks. You've got to turn it around rather quick, but I'm starting to doubt that you can, but how bad do you want it? Everything that you do is up to this team. Frank Wright is technically on the hot seat this year. He likely should have been fired last year because of the Carson Wentz experiment exploding. But Jim Arcee and Chris Ballard gave Frank Wright the benefit of the doubt after he came out and admitted that, yeah, I, I screwed that up. I know I thought I could fix Carson Wentz and couldn't. Ideal situation, ideal roster. If Shaq Bear, uh, Shaq Leonard, I'm still trying to get used to him calling him Shaquille Leonard. That's that's the make or break for your team right now. The Forrest Buckner is a pretty good defensive, uh, interior defensive player. Really good. Stephon Gilmore still has some years left in the tank. You've got a team, but it's just the offense right now is the biggest question mark for me. Can your defense be able to keep you in games? And win big games down the stretch. That's what I need to see from the Indianapolis Colts moving forward. 
you've got 10 days off to get some rest before your next game. And hopefully, you could probably try to get it in the right direction. But if I have to come back on my show next week and discuss the Indianapolis Colts, I'll probably go ahead and sell my stock. That's not being rude. That's not being hypocrit- uh, hypocritical of the Indianapolis Colts as a as a team. The eye test tells me everything that I need to know. Moving on, moving on to Nathaniel can't hack it in Denver. Now, before I come after this or tackle this chaos head first, no pun intended, the Denver Broncos on offense look like a mule. Can someone explain to me how a team with Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, K.J. Hamler, Mark, Melvin Gordon cannot hold on to the football to save his life. They just lost their other running back, Javante Williams, to torn ACL. A guy who can hold on to the ball and run. The Denver Broncos offense is unbearable to watch. I can't make this up. You can go back and watch from week one to now. And I said, after their loss to Seattle, week one, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, and Russell Wilson are not on the same page as one another. Nathaniel looks like he's head over heels and can't figure it out. Here's why. Having Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and being the offensive coordinator was a luxury. Aaron could hide most of those mistakes by Nathaniel Hackett. Just to make sure that they are in a a rhythm. Aaron Rodgers hid and made it look like Nathaniel Hackett was a genius. When the Broncos made the hire, I was skeptical. When Russell Wilson arrived, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I'm starting to question that right now. Because if it wasn't for the Denver Broncos defense... The, but the the Broncos will be getting blown out every week, ladies and gentlemen. They'd be winless right now. If you didn't have the defense to keep you in games with the lack of preparedness from the head coach in this offense, the Broncos would be atrocious right now. They're still atrocious offensively. How can you have a Russell Wilson-led team and still be in the middle of the pack. Or near the bottom I should say. The offense is a mule. It's a, it's a small animal. not big, It's way smaller than the horse. My great grandparents had quite a few. And I tell you what. They move slow. They move at their own pace. That's what this Denver offense looks like. They're the Denver mules on offense. But a high-powered, potent Denver Broncos defense. It's it's embarrassing. Nathaniel can't hack it. He is not cut out to be a head coach. And while I'm on this particular topic, big shout out to 
Barry Grant Jr., co-founder and the host of the All Even podcast, had a segment last week on his show in which the USA Today did a poll. The minority coaches that don't get head coaching positions in the NFL. I want to say this. It's proven right that minority coaches. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are not head coaches. But if you look the part and dress the part, you get the job. You can come in with your analytics. You can come in with all this big terminology and all these big old catchphrases that's going to blow you blew it away in the interview that the you know the GM and all them like oh that's our guy we oh yeah you know he's using analytics and I like all this stuff and he looks the part y'all uh we'll, we'll be in touch but if a black coach walks into the room and his nice suit and has a game plan He's got a playbook for the for the offense and who he's going to hire as his staff, you know, defensive coordinator and, you know, do a roster evaluation and really puts forth the effort to try to get the job. Those are the ones that get shunned. And the Rooney rule is a blessing and a curse because all it is, you're telling the a majority, a vast majority of these older Caucasian owners and GMs that they had to interview one minority for a head coaching job. And what disappoints me is that coordinators like Nathaniel Hackett, Josh McDaniels, Cliff Kingsbury, those guys can get fired tomorrow and then next next year they'll be a head coach of another team. They are qualified minority coaches that can lead a team to success they had Vance Joseph for a few years what was Denver's biggest problem then quarterback play they fired him they hired another coach who was a defensive minded coach what was the biggest issue last year with Denver quarterback play but he's gone now you have Nathaniel Hackett as your head coach What's been the biggest problem so far through five weeks of the NFL season? Quarterback play, and he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. It's almost like he's somewhere. He's in a he's in a time warp. He's in he's like everything's moving around him so fast that he doesn't know which way is up. He looks like he's stuck in the twilight zone, or as I like to call it, into the thick of it, which is a reference to. The Backyardigans, if you've ever watched the show with your kids, that's how I feel about Nathaniel Hackett right now. He's into the thick of it, and he doesn't know where he's going. He can't see where he's going. You just keep going around in circles. So, the only thing that's going to save this Denver team is to cut bait with Nathaniel Hackett. John Elway, two-time Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer. He's a quarterback. 
and he has yet to find a head coach to succeed since Gary Kubiak retired and left. Peyton Manning retired and Gary Kubiak left. You've got the quarterback in Russ, but man, Russ, I mean, what, what's going on, man? This, this looks bad. This, this is really bad. And I, I didn't think I would say this about Russell Wilson. I, I'm, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because as great as a human being as he is, the play on the field is, is un, it's unbearable to watch. I, I can't make this up. You've seen it. We've all seen it. Now the media's trying to throw in, you know, take, they'll put Sierra, his wife, and the family into the mix of this. Do yourself a favor, media. Keep family and kids out of this. That has nothing to do with this play on the football field right now. It doesn't. Players have taken shots at him, rightfully so, but that's their opinion about Russ. I look at Russell Wilson as a great human being, humanitarian, and what he's done. Maybe being in a new situation and a head coach who clearly doesn't know how to coach, let alone prepare a team to play every week, is starting to show. Again, Nathaniel Hackett, Josh McDaniels can get fired tomorrow and have jobs as head coaches or coordinators with another team next year. While the minority coaches who have had success in this league, such as a Anthony Lynn, Jim Caldwell, it I there's only a handful of coaches, and those are the first two to come to my mind that were minority coaches and had success in the NFL. Lovey Smith was in Chicago for pretty much a decade until he got fired. And what was the problem with Lovey Smith in Chicago? Quarterback. The Bears didn't invest in the offense like they did the defense. The Bears are known for defense. Lovey Smith, a defensive-minded coach, a top 10 defense for years. But the quarterback play robbed him of where they wanted to go and which was trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, there's some things you can't make up. There's certain things that you can't, you know, disguise, but you can dissect the chaos. I just hope for the simple fact of the minority coaches that they are able to reestablish themselves and remind these GMs, older GMs, that they are capable of leading a group of men to success. But a vast majority of these GMs and owners will shun them because they don't look the part. If they don't talk a certain way, they don't, you know, buy into, you know, being play into this conservative fan base of some sort, as we've seen with some teams. Bill Belichick's still the same coach he's he's been for the last, you know, thirty something years. Bill Belichick is uh, wears sweatpants and a hoodie to press conferences. I'm sure whenever he got the job as a Patriots head coach, that's what he wore. Was was slack was maybe a maybe I want to say maybe some slacks maybe a polo but Bill Belichick is a proven winner but the, the coaches has come out of his 
office staff have been have been duds. Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Josh McDaniels, not once but twice. Martin Davis, you made the hot wrong hire with Josh McDaniels. John Elway, you made the wrong hire with Nathaniel Can't Hack It. Should have hired Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City, and you should have possibly interviewed Anthony Lynn or Jim Caldwell. So give give your fan base hope that you have the the right coach that can uh, prepare a team to win every week. When the, when you see your fans leaving the stands before overtime begins, they've seen enough. That sends a message to your organization that they are not pleased nor satisfied with this display of football. I don't blame them. And they've got to get this right, but it's just a matter of if and when they can because the season will get away from them here for long. Now that we've heard about Russell Wilson's injuries, it's like, man, this it's, if it ain't one blow, it's another for this team. And I think Russ is going to play through it because he's a competitor. Because if he sit, if they sit him for the rest of the season for the shoulder and the knee, who's their backup quarterback? <laughs> I mean, literally, who is their backup quarterback? Do they have somebody right now that can come in and command the huddle and the team to, you know, put drives together, put consistency together on the field? Melvin Gordon stopped fumbling the ball. That would help. If you played running back in football, what's the first rule that your coach tells you to how to hold the football? High and tight. You hold the football high and tight. That's what I tell my nephew. He loves watching Ezekiel Elliott play. And when he was younger, I bought him a football. I'm going to say he was young, young, but he was about maybe two. I started you know, going through some drills with him. Because he liked watching Zeke. I said, now whenever Zeke holds the ball, it's high and tight, close to the rib cage, Close to your chest where the defenders cannot knock it out of your hand. If that ball is not properly secured, you're going to lose it. And my nephew understands that a lot better than some professional running backs. And he's only five years old. He'll be six in a couple months. Training starts at home. Training starts... In the offseason, you go through those drills, repetition. You go through the reps. You go through all that. Your coaches, they tell you this from the from offseason workouts, training camp. If you start fumbling during the game, we have a problem. And that's something that can't be ignored is Melvin Gordon's play. He's terrible right now. He's just as bad as everybody else on that offensive side of the ball. Two wrongs don't make a right. But Nathaniel Hackett, he he should be he should be feared for his job right now, and to hear his press conferences are corny. Seriously, Russ, that was the saddest Broncos country let's ride that I heard. I'm sure the fans are tired of hearing that, but my God, that just doesn't sound like a boatload of confidence in a team. They invested a lot of money into Russ, and. For the sake of Russ, you've got to figure this out. You and Nathaniel Hackett have got to get on the same page. Your offensive coordinator has to get on the same page. There has to be an open line of communication 
what more needs to be said to get this team going in a straight, narrow direction without taking detours and driving over potholes. And it's a mess because the defense is the, is the engine in this car right now. It ain't the offense. The offense is more like the trunk that's just taking up space, basically. You got the Bronco in, underneath the hood, and you got the mule in the back. Moving on, moving on to a new segment that I will move what I will introduce here shortly. We have an NBA topic tonight. As you all know, I am an a adopted Los Angeles Lakers fan. I was baptized and enshrined with the Showtime Lakers in the 80s, with me born in 86, so I got to see the final twilight years of Magic Johnson and Kareem and big game James Worthy, who's my all-time favorite Laker outside of the late Kobe being Bryant, the Black Mamba, rest in power, Kobe and Gigi. The Golden State Warriors, ladies and gentlemen, the media has slandered this team for, for weeks now. I am going to defend the Golden State Warriors in that regard because the media for whatever reason, has found all kinds of things to use against them. They ESPN recently did a poll. You know, their top players in the league and the playoff teams going into the, you know, the 2022-2023 season. For starters, they had Steph Curry, the defending finals MVP and four-time champion as the fifth best player in the league. I have issue with that because, number one, Steph should be ranked higher than the three players before him. Jokic is number two, and I want to say Luka was three, and I I can't remember, but I know Steph was fifth because it it was Giannis one, and Steph was fifth. Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Curry should have been In the top two. Dub Nation was furious. They have every right to be furious. And I'm on their side in this particular situation. It was almost like. Did they go back in time. And you know. Prime Magic was coming out. To reclaim his throne. Uh, Michael Jordan. Coming out of retirement. And suiting up to come play for the Hornets. Uh, Bill Russell. Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, Kobe, where did they come up with this? Like, how did Steph Curry be ranked fifth coming off of a championship season? I need some explanation for that because Spordell, Stephen Curry, the second, look at what this guy did this year. The greatest shooter we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. He passed Ray Allen on the three-point record. He won the Kobe Bryant NBA All-Star MVP and the Bronze Former Kingdom. He won the Magic Johnson West Finals MVP and then the recipient of the Bill Russell NBA Finals MVP. He led the Warriors to the, to the NBA Finals. The bus driver. The bus driver finally gets the due credit that he deserves. Everybody was saying, oh, Steph can't lead 
the Warriors without KD. He needs KD in order to... Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Curry won before KD and after KD. What has Kevin Durant done since he's been in Brooklyn? One playoff series win. Steph Curry won the series this year. He won, his team won first round, semi, West Finals, and to cap it off with the NBA Finals in Boston. And for them to say that Steph Curry is not worthy of being in the top two is blasphemous. Dub Nation, I'm on your side. I'm 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 coming for the media because he deserves better. Wardell Stephen Curry II deserves better. He does. What Steph has done for the game of basketball, you can't tell the story of the evolution of basketball without Steph Curry. He evolutionized the three-point shot. He made the three-point shot look effortless, effortlessly on a nightly basis. He does. Pulling up from 30 feet is a free throw for him. It's it's easy. It's easy money. It is. And for everybody to still have hate for this guy needs to stop. Steph Curry, we can't take his greatness for granted. And the media is. They're taking it. Well, he's a 6'3 guard and he's not six foot or six six, six eight, seven footer. You can't build a team around a six three guard. Ladies and gentlemen, national media. Take your Stevie Wonder glasses off, please. No disrespect to the great Stevie Wonder. But Stevie Wonder will be able to see greatness in Steph Curry. The media, it it, it, kind of pisses me off sometimes, excuse my language, because whenever you start going through the league and it's like Steph Curry, eh, he's a little guy. But he put on some muscle this year. He extended his prime by doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Curry extended his career. He's a better shooter. He's going to be able to withstand contact, physicality. Something that we kind of dinged him for the first part of his career because he had the ankle injuries and the knee injuries and he couldn't stay on the court. This version of Steph Curry... Sign me up because Steph is the man. He should be the number one player. No disrespect to Giannis. I love Giannis. If you want to put Giannis number one, I have zero problem with that. But to rank Steph Curry fifth best player in the league, miss me with that. You should be ashamed of yourself. National media, you should. You have Jokic, number two, back-to-back MVP. He's been to a Western Conference Finals, but he got swept by the guy that just won the championship. Think about that. A gentleman sweep. And this guy's ranked fifth? Come on now. Come on, man. Come on, media. I I tell you what. As far as the organization is concerned, as long as they're winning, Their ownership has no problem paying the luxury tax. The team went, they were a four-time defending champ. They won four championships in six seasons. They went the five straight, if I'm not mistaken, before losing in 2019. They lost in 2016 to the Cavaliers and 2019 to the Raptors, in which 
the series fell apart once Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. Clay Thompson got tore his, uh, tore his ACL in that game six, which was well on his way to having a monster game. Game six Clay before that injury. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The team didn't even make the playoffs in 2020. Everybody thought this dynasty was over. I didn't say it was over. I said the Golden State Warriors are going through a transition right now. At that particular time, they were going through a transition. Kevin Durant's departure, COVID-19 happens, injuries happen. But when that team got healthy in the Western Conference, it was scary hours. Klay Thompson starting to look like himself again. And for the first time in the last three seasons, he doesn't have to worry about a rehab on any part of his body. He can, he's got fresh legs. Draymond Green, on the other hand, ladies and gentlemen, I know what I'm about to say is not going to be real attractive or not pretty for the most part. What he done to Jordan Poole, I don't condone. The organization said they don't condone. And he's stepping down for a couple days to, you know, reevaluate himself and take some time away for the team, which I applaud him for. Who in the heck in that organization let that get leaked to TMZ? Who let that video get leaked? And I want to say this because I only feel that it's it's right. You remember we found out in the Last Dance documentary about the Chicago Bulls that the great Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in practice because Phil Jackson was calling tiki was calling tiki tack fouls and Mike got mad and socked Steve Kerr and Phil Jackson sitting him home. And later on, he got in touch with Steve Kerr and apologized and pretty much said he felt he felt like the smallest man in the room and he felt really bad about it and they moved on. The overall message that Michael Jordan was trying to send to his teammates when we get into these matchups, these playoff series matchups with the Knicks, the Pacers, the Miami Heat, they're going to they're going to come for us. I want you to be mentally tough. That's the message Michael Jordan was sending. His way of leading rubbed teammates the wrong way. And it was, we they all admitted he, he was a real jerk about it. But at the end of the day, Mike wanted to win. He was the, the best player in the world. He was expected to win championships. Not saying Draymond Green is Michael Jordan by any stretch of the imagination. But I have a message I want to send to Dub Nation in that regard and the Warriors as a whole. When you have to play the three teams I'm about to mention, who are, some would say, are coming for Golden State. Number one, the Los Angeles Clippers. Number two, the Denver Nuggets. 
and number three, the Memphis Grizzlies. Those are the three teams that are going to come after y'all throughout the regular season. You have to be mentally tough because when the going gets tough and you have to fight in the trenches, you're going to remember these practices and these little brawls because it's what's going to make you a better team moving forward. Now, like I said, I don't condone what Draymond did. This is a big offseason for, this is a big season in general for the Golden State Warriors because Jordan Poole's due up for a new contract, Andrew Wiggins, and I think another player I can't think of off the top of my head, but shout out to Bryson Carver, who is a, a diehard Golden State Warriors fan. Check his show out on The Grid, YouTube, and your podcast platforms. I, I just, I, I say this, the Golden State Warriors draft really well. I believe they're going to be better this year than they were last year. A healthy Clay Thompson, you got Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, and oh yeah, James Wiseman is going to be a year older. There's a reason Kenny Atkinson stayed in Golden State versus taking the job in Charlotte and backing out of that deal. There's a reason that the Golden State Warriors are being hated on right now. Because they're winning. They are the gold standard in this decade of NBA basketball. I cannot make this up. I am defending Golden State. If you want to inbox me about it, feel free. But men lie, women lie, numbers and accolades don't lie. Golden State is the champion as we speak, the defending champion, until someone knocks them off their throne. Until then, national media stops slandering the Golden State Warriors. Dub Nation, I hope I was able to address that in a professional professional manner. And I look forward to opening night with you all in a, in a few weeks when you get your ring ceremony against the Lakers, in which I'm hard to prepare for now for it to be a loss. But it, it'll be a, a wonderful a night for that team in general to get the banner and the rings and whatnot and see Steph and LeBron and Draymond and Clay. All it It's must-see TV. I'm, I'm looking forward to that game, even though I work night shift. I'll probably go back and watch the highlights, but Golden State, good luck this year from a Lakers fan. Moving on, moving on, I should say, to the new segment. This segment I I thought about for a few weeks leading up to the debut of my sports podcast. Shows have their own segments. You know, you have the Shack and the Fool. My guy Barry has Dummy of the Week. Other shows have their, their, own, their own swagger. But the segment I'm going to introduce... I'm going to let the great Michael J. White introduce it for me. Hang on one second. Let me get this situated here. And I'm going to slow the speed down a little bit so you can hear it. And here we go. Here is the segment and the recipient will be... Enough from the cloud. This week's 
and the debut episode, the debut segment of Enough with the Clown is Antonio Brown. No shocker there, folks. No shocker there. Antonio Brown, I have had enough. And when I say enough, I'm going to spell that segment capital E, capital N, capital U, capital double F. F with the T-H-A clown with a K. We have had enough of you. The sports media has had enough of you. If you have not seen the viral video that has surfaced of him in Dubai in a hotel resort swimming pool, I don't know if anybody forgot to, I don't know if anybody told him, but the last time I checked, that was indecent exposure, which is a, a crime in the U.S. I believe it's an international crime as well. I don't know. Somebody correct me on that. But he was in this hotel resort swimming pool, chilling on the poolside, minding his own business. And there were some bystanders there, you know, a family, you know, wife, kids, husband, you know, Enjoying the scenery, enjoying the day at the, at the hotel pool. You know, just nice, chill vibes, nothing real special. I don't think they knew that he was a NFL athlete. When I saw the video, it it was it was little to the imagination. He had the nerve to get all up in this woman's face, butt naked. And she was laughing as she was enjoying it. And I'm like, that's sexual assault, ma'am. Do you not realize that? That's disgusting. You have a grown man's behind all up in your grill. Naked buttocks. And to make matters worse, he lifted himself out, out of the pool with no swim trunks on and exposed himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe Antonio Brown should not be allowed to step on the football field. That was disgusting. That that made me sick. If I had been an Ameri- if I had been over there and was an, as an American citizen and had my camera, I would have went to the hotel desk. I would have went to the uh, the front desk receptionist and said, "Look, there is a man out here exposing himself to everyone in the pool. It's not cool. I have kids. It's it's kind of difficult to explain to your child what a grown man wasn't doing exposing himself like that." And he's smiling from ear to ear, laughing like, oh, business is booming here. You want to see? You dummy, you clown. Nobody wants to see that. Not while I'm on vacation with my kids and my my woman. I don't want to see all that. I don't have to explain that to my, my niece and nephew. I really don't. And I'm sure those kids, well, that'll be an everlasting mirror. Like, oh, we saw a man expose himself. We hadn't seen that before. And he was a clown and on top of it. Antonio Brown needs some serious help. That's been well documented. This this dude has went completely off the rails the last several years. And the lowest of lows on top of the, the nightmarish week and enough with the clown. He photoshopped himself hugging Tom Brady's wife Giselle after they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Fellas, that is the lowest of lows. Regardless of what Tom Brady and 
his wife Giselle are going through right now, that's still that man's wife. For AB to do that, he wants attention. He's starting to become the NFL version of Kanye West. To that extent, he wants attention. As long as we're giving him a platform to do this crazy stuff, he's going to do it because he knows everybody's going to click on it. Point blank. Period. I have a new I have a new song concept for him, an idea. He has a song, put that bleep on. How about put some clothes on? Do that. Put some clothes on. We don't want to see your naked behind in the pool. It's disgusting. Save that for the privacy of your own home where nobody's around you. Somebody in his inner circle is condones this behavior. And when I hear people say, Oh, quit tearing a black man down. No, that's your problem. You're not you whenever you correct him, you're giving him honest truth. You're not tearing him down. You're giving him stuff that he needs to hear. But in AB's world, he's a saint. He's the AB persona has really took over him from Antonio Brown, the man, the father. And you have kids and you're doing stuff like that. You have a daughter. Now, what if somebody did that to your child at a pool, at a hotel? Or wherever the case may be. How would you feel about that? I know what I'd do. I'd call the law. That's just me. I don't care. If you've got kids and you see that kind of behavior, I'm going to I'm gonna to go to call the local authorities. I'm sorry, because that, that's just indecent exposure to the highest level. That's a felony charge in the, in the United States, if I'm not mistaken. Indecent exposure. But man. He wants to be best friends with Kanye West, and I think he holds a position in the Donda Sports ordeal. I didn't know that. I I didn't know he was the president of of Donda Sports. You know, that's Kanye West's sporting uh sport company and all this other stuff. And those two are match made in and genius hell right now because the things that Kanye's done the last few years and Antonio Brown, they found one another for a reason. And they they they're they're too much alike, and I'm I as a black man cannot condone neither one of them's behavior right now. I can't. I just can't. We all know Kanye West is a is a lyrical genius, one of the the best producers, artists of our of this of our generation at this point. But his statements, his interviews, and it's it's almost like. We're starting to see the real Kanye West, just like we're starting to see the real Antonio Brown. How in the world did Mike Tomlin tolerate this for a decade as a, when he was in Pittsburgh? How do they tolerate all that? How? He's burnt the bridge in New England with Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. He called Mike Mayock a racial epithet in when they were in before they moved to I want to say yeah, before they moved to Vegas. He was all over social media talking about, oh, I'm free, I'm free, yes, I'm free. Free from what? You're not free from your you're not free from sanity, because you still have it. You're just in, your your sanity is messed up right now. Something's not right in your head, A B. You need some help. You need some serious help. And anybody who's in that inner circle of his, they should really look at this and say, bro. You need to you need to chill out, but nobody's not going to do it because he's got a cult following on social media, 
Everybody loves AB. Oh, let AB do AB. You know, he ain't hurt nobody. That That's just who he is. That's the problem. That is who he is. And as long as you keep condoning it, he's going to continue to act like that. As long as people on social media are giving him the energy that he needs and is desired, because he's like a kid. He wants attention. He's like that. You, you have siblings, and you got that one sibling who does stupid stuff for attention. That's Antonio Brown. That's him. He he has the mind of a child. He's not an adult. And just listen to him talk. It's like, man, dude, I, I I don't know. How did you manage to get through school? I I I really I something's not right with A B and it's been well documented the last several years. This is the same A B that went on the bronze uh shop on the shop show on HBO Max. And took shots to Shannon Sharp in LeBron's face. And everybody knows how the relationship that LeBron James and Shannon Sharp have. LeBron, uh, Shannon Sharp is the biggest LeBron James fan that I've seen in a while. Far as, celeb- far as former athletes and celebrities go. And I can only imagine what was going on in LeBron's mind when he took shots at Uncle Uncle Unc Shay Shay. As you know, we refer to him on social media, Unc Shay Shay. If you listen to this podcast, Club Shay Shay, check it out. Great podcast as well. But AB, enough with that. Enough with the clown. Enough with it. I'm sick of it. All of us are sick. Don't 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 step foot on the field. NFL teams, don't sign him. Don't don't put yourself in that position because you'll regret that moving forward. Alrighty, now time for my favorite part of the show. NFL Picks of the Week. Let's go ahead and get this party started. Let's cue our music here. And we're going to go for hopefully my weeks, my game, my picks this week are better than they were last week because I was terrible last week. I went 2-7 and seven in my picks, the games that I picked. My only wins were the Cowboys and the 49ers. My other picks, terrible. Let's go ahead and get our music queued here. And let's see here. Let me get my playlist pulled up. And we have... Here we go. Let's go. Let's get the music going here for the... Week 5. Picks of the week. Starting with... My Thursday night game. I was terrible. I had Denver winning... 24-13 24-13 over Indianapolis. They lost 12-9 in overtime to the Colts. I'm off to a bad start. I'm 1-1. My first pick I've got is between the Buffalo Bills hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Buffalo comes home after a statement win against Baltimore. The Pittsburgh Steelers are reeling right now. They're going in circles. Kenny Pickett will make his first ever NFL start in Buffalo tomorrow afternoon. I don't believe this Buffalo def- uh excuse me, this Pittsburgh defense will hold up whatsoever. I think Josh 
Allen is going to have a field day. Stephon Diggs is going to have a big game. Gabe Davis is going to have a big game. This Buffalo defense is going to make Kenny Pickett's day a living hell. Von Miller leading the way. With that being said, I'm taking Buffalo. 31, Pittsburgh, 17. As the Steelers continue to try to find a winning formula until TJ Watt comes back in a couple weeks. Next game. Uh, the New Orleans Saints host the Seattle Seahawks. Surprisingly, the Seahawks are 2-2. Two and two. The Saints are coming home to play after a double doink in London last week to the Minnesota Vikings. I believe the Saints will, will regroup defensively, offensively. Andy Dalton's going to have to pretty much keep this game close. I think this, uh, Tyron Matthew has a couple picks. But it's going to be ugly for the most part. It's going to be ugly. Seattle's going to hang in for as long as they can. But I've got the Saints winning 28-21 to over the Seattle Seahawks. Next pick, the Detroit Lions travel to New England to take on the Patriots. The Patriots are down to Bailey Zappi as their starting quarterback. The offense is a train wreck. And the defense is keeping them in games, but the offense isn't really doing much. Detroit has the number one scoring offense in the NFL, but ranked 32nd in scoring defense. The last team that accomplished this feat was the 2001 Rams, if I'm not mistaken. Had the number one scoring offense, dead last scoring defense. The, De- the Detroit Lions will have a field day against this New England defense or offense. Because it's a train wreck. You got Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling plays. Bailey Zappi as your backup quarterback that's going to be starting. Jared Goff is probably going to have a pretty good day. If the Lions can close this game and not give it away, they can win. I like the Lions in this game. 35-20 to 20 over the New England Patriots. My next game is going to be a get-right game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Atlanta Falcons. After this Buccaneers defense was shredded by the Chiefs offense last week, it was probably a long week of preparation for them. Atlanta will be in this game early, but I think the Buccaneers defense will get to Marcus Mariota. Atlanta has Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson. They've got a few guys on defense, but I'm not real familiar with them. With that being said, I trust Tom Brady. I believe they'll win. I believe they'll have a bounce back game. They'll get the ship going in the right direction. I'll give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the victory over the Atlanta Falcons. 28 
to 13. Next game, Tennessee travels to Washington to take on the Commanders. You already know who I'm picking in this game. Ten I trust Tennessee's defense more than Washington's offense. Quarterback, Tannehill's just slightly better. Derrick Henry's going to run wild on this Washington defense. Therefore, give me Tennessee 29-14 to 14 over Washington. Next game, a team that I talked about earlier, who's probably the best team in the AFC South right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars host the Houston Texans in the AFC Divisional Showdown. I like Jacksonville in this game. They nearly, they gave Philadelphia a run for it last week in in sloppy conditions in the rain and it was cold. But the Eagles still won. Jacksonville is hosting Houston. Houston's been in some games, but can they win one, get in the win column? I don't believe they can. Jacksonville is clearly the better team better coached give me the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat the Houston Texans 30 to 14 moving on to the later afternoon game that I picked the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers 49ers are better in, in every facet of the game every level. The Baker Mayfield experiment is done to run its course. This team is atrocious. Sam Darnold will probably come back in a couple weeks if I'm not mistaken. Matt Rule took shots at Baker Mayfield after the loss to Arizona. The Carolina Panthers are a dysfunctional mess right now. Or as I like to say, a chaotic mess. Baker Mayfield is a backup at this point. Christian McCaffrey, decent player, injury prone. DJ Moore, he can play, but this this Carolina offense is, is not clicking. I think the 49ers defense has a big day against Baker Mayfield. I think they sack him a few times. He throws an interception. Debo Samuel's the best dynamic offensive player in football right now. I like Kyle Shanahan over Matt Rule. Give me the 49ers, 38, Carolina, 17. My upset of the week, ladies and gentlemen. This team has surprised me thus far. The team I'm about to mention has had two wins on the road, statement wins on the road against pretty good teams. They've had kind of a couple letdowns against at home. But this is a classic AFC East showdown between the New York Jets taking on the Miami Dolphins. I believe the Jets take flight this week against a team in Miami that's dealing with controversy with the whole Tua situation and 
the ramifications of what's going to come out of that. Teddy Bridgewater's probably starting, or likely starting. Sauce Gardner versus Tyreek Hill is going to be fun to watch. Sauce Gardner is as good as advertised. If the New York Jets can fly early and often against this Dolphins team, they have a chance. I believe they'll be up for this game. I believe that they will win. I am taking the New York Jets to upset the Miami Dolphins 29-13. to In which they would get a big division win at home against a pretty good Miami Dolphins team right now. So shout out to Alfred Prashar Jr. from the Rocket Field Jets podcast and John Rivera from Fan Perspective Podcast who are Jets fans. I'm I'm picking the Jets this week. I hope they hope they can deliver. I hope they can take flight and Zach Wilson plays a pretty clean game. Now to my beloved Dallas Cowboys who are out west to play the defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams. This is a major stick game for us. It's a road game, West Coast time. The Cowboys' defense has been playing fairly well, not giving up a whole lot of points. Offense has been steady. Cooper Rush has kept the ship above water. Shout out to Cooper Rush for leading the charge at the moment. The Cowboys should be prepared to play tomorrow. The two areas that I'm going to be watching the Rams offensive line versus the Cowboys defense of line our front Micah Parsons is hungry for a sack if not multiple sacks Demarcus Lawrence has rediscovered the fountain of youth Sam Williams is due for a big game Dante Fowler has played I was skeptical of that free agent signing but it's paying dividends right now. We get Jaron Curse back in the safety room. That's huge right now for us. Huge. To have the three-headed monster back together with Jaron, Malik, and Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson lives for those bang-bang plays at the line of scrimmage. He lives for those. Great tackler in space. Trayvon Diggs will likely have the assignment of taking away Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson has been a disappointment at the moment for the Rams. As I stated earlier with the with the, the, the Rams you know, losing to the 49ers. Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson can't run the ball. Just Rams offensive line is bad. The only thing that keeps them in this game Aaron Donald will will try to get going early, but I pray my Cowboys offensive line can neutralize number 99, neutralize him, keep him from taking over a game. Because once he starts getting in the backfield, we're in trouble. I need Cooper Rush to play his best game in this stretch right now. I need him to play this, this game as good as he can in the best way possible. I would like to see Kevontae Turpin get on the field in this game. Get the Rams defense moving. Get them get them moving around. You know, 
Mix it up a little bit. Use your weapons at your disposal. And hopefully, whoever's playing left left guard tomorrow, because I know it's was reported that Jason Peters will not will has been ruled out because of a chest injury that he suffered in practice. This game right here is gonna feel like a playoff game. It's a home game for the Dallas Cowboys. Because there is more Cowboys fans in Los Angeles than it is Rams fans in general. The Rams fan base is in St. Louis, their former home. If you would look on the, on the map and ask individuals around Los Angeles, California, who they prefer, the Rams or the Raiders who were originally in L.A. back in the in the day before you know they went back to Oakland and went back to L.A. then should have been in, in L.A. over the Chargers, but that's neither here or there. Point is, there will be a lot of navy blue and white tomorrow in SoFi Stadium. We will be wearing our navy blue jerseys with silver pants. My Dallas Cowboys, this is a playoff game for us. Tomorrow's a major stick game. This is going to tell us everything we need to know about Cooper Rush and this offense going up against the Rams defense. I believe the defense, the Cowboys defense that is, makes Matthew Stafford's life a living hell tomorrow. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs is going to have a big day tomorrow. I think Cooper Cup has under 10 catches tomorrow. I believe he does. I just hope we can run the football and run it down the Rams' throat, get some play action going, and hopefully my Cowboys will get out of SoFi Stadium tomorrow afternoon in time for the Sunday uh, next Sunday showdown with the hated, bitter rival, the Philadelphia Eagles, next Sunday night on, on Sunday Night Football from the link. With that being said, I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys 28, the Rams 10 points. I think that's all the Rams are going to be able to put up because the Dallas defense is hungry. We, we're very good at getting after the quarterback and we lead, and we lead the league in sacks. J.R. Curse is an under an undervalued player right now. And for him to be back in time for, for this game, you couldn't ask for a better situation for him to come back. Hopefully, we get this win. Cooper Rush, go do your thing. Rush, rush. But play with confidence. Play with poise. Do what you've been doing, but you've got to take it up another level tomorrow against the LA Rams. And if the Rams were to lose, we're having a different discussion next Saturday night. Bet on it. To the Sunday night game. AFC North showdown. Between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. This game is going to be very high scoring. We know what Jamar Chase is about. He can carve up any secondary with the exception of the, the Cowboys secondary. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. And oh yeah, they got this kid by the name of Joe Burr. Joe Burrow. Joey Cool. Joey B. The Ravens will stay in this game because of one Lamar Jackson. 
he will probably lead the team in rushing yards. He'll throw for two touchdowns and run for one, if not two. The Cincinnati Bengals defense is better than the Baltimore Ravens by a long shot. With that being said, I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals on the road tomorrow in Baltimore, 38-31. Moving on to the Monday night game between another divisional matchup. We have the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. I am taking the Chiefs. I'm not going to bet against Mahomes and Andy Reid. Can't do it. The Raiders, they're head over heels right now. They really don't have much of a defense. They got Max Crosby. They got this corner that's kind of had a, a couple plays here and there. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are hit and miss. Arrowhead Stadium is the loudest stadium in football. It is loud. It's Monday Night Football. I'm taking Andy Reid over Josh McDaniels. Those fans are awesome. If you've ever seen watch the Chiefs game, and you can just tell the energy in that stadium is through the roof. Chiefs Kingdom is a home advantage for the home team and a very home disadvantage for visiting teams. I believe Kansas City is going to drop 42 on the Raiders tomorrow. 42 the 21 on Monday Night Football. Week 6, Thursday Night Football. A display of bad football will be on Thursday night, next Thursday night for Week 6 kickoff between the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders from Soldier Field. I'm taking the Bears for one simple reason. Justin Fields is more mobile than Carson Wentz. I think the Bears will win that game. To all the Bears fans out there, I'm picking y'all for the Thursday night game next week. Give me 21-7 to over the Washington Commanders and what will be a bad display of football from, from both sides from the start. But then the Bears will get going defensively with, a, with an Eddie Jackson interception for a touchdown or a Roquan Smith fumble for a touchdown. Uh, alrighty, let's go ahead and wrap this show up for the night. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for subscribing to the Grid Sports Podcast Net- Network. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? Step into the grid. If you want to be different, step into the grid. Join us. Join the movement. Catch the wave. Shout out to all the podcast brothers on the grid. Barry Grant Jr., Ryan Flowers from Clutch Sports Talk, Bryson Carver, Cowboys uh, Can Fan, Alpha Persar Jr., uh, Mike Guido, and our chief and editor, kind of the man behind the scenes that does a very phenomenal job with the blogs, our guy Mello. Go check his blogs out on the webpage as well from on a week-to-week basis, ranging from college football, basketball, uh, NFL, Check him out. Support his blogs as well. And make sure you 
swing over to the grid webpage and get your chaotic collection along with the other podcast uh content creators as well we agree we appreciate your support we greatly appreciate for you subscribing to the channel and please subscribe on your podcast platforms because ladies and gentlemen you can't say i didn't tell you ahead of time that is all of the chaos for tonight i am out of here until next week stay safe make sure your mental health spiritual physical and your intimate health is in a safe space we are in the the real season of the nfl week five this is when the real season starts college football has been very entertaining we've had some blowouts We've had some ups. We've had a few upsets. It's beautiful. ML MLB postseason is underway, and I'm hoping. Oh wow, my St. Louis Cardinals are eliminated after a 2-0 series sweep by the Philadelphia Phillies. It's an end of an era for Albert Pujols. And Yachty Molina. What a great season we had. St. Louis. uh, Albert came back home. Cracked into the 700 club. Yachty. I'm going to miss Yachty and Albert. I really am. I am a St. Louis Cardinals fan. And I'm, I'm sad that Albert Pujols and Yachty are retiring after tonight. I really am. We were blessed and fortunate enough to have those two as cornerstone pieces of the franchise. Two World Series champions with those two. It was a season to remember. And we go into, you know, winter, spring training into the offseason. You know, it's a new era now. Let it be. We ushered out that era with Yachty, Albert, and Adam Wainwright. Thank you, gentlemen, for all that you've done for the city of St. Louis, the Cardinals fan base, the best baseball fans in the world in St. Louis. I I don't know which, much more I can say about Albert, future first ballot Hall of Famer, along with Yachty. Now I'm just stuck between what team to, shoot, to root for in the postseason now that my Cardinals eliminated. I'll have a general consensus of who, I, who that may be after tonight make sure you follow my social media accounts uh instagram at chaotic sports and on twitter at chaotic p you should see the podcast logos and the profile pictures but with that being said that is all the chaos we have for tonight i thank you for joining me and i'll see you next week i am going to leave this show with this little outro for you hope you enjoy it and i'll see you all next week until then have a safe week enjoy the rest of your weekend god bless love always the one and only chaotic p signing off
with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.